following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 27th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 48. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. i got my full crew here, Nick, Amber, and Dave. Nick, 48. Moose. Quick. All right, good. We know Moose, 48. Joe Thomas. All time. What? Joe there Thomas. Stop. It's my 48. See, I always do one... <laughs> I, there's a right answer, and then there's a my answer, and then Dave has an answer too because he kind of has all the answers should be moves for 48. Yeah, That's, yeah sure. I'm I'm not arguing that. No doubt. Good. Perfect. All right, we're gonna jump right in. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Coach McCarthy just had his press conference, and uh, I know Amber walked by my office, and we both looked at each other like, "Wow, that was that was interesting." All the talk about uh, Lyle Collins. We'll get to that in just a second. I want to start first with Dak Prescott. Uh, one thing that he said was that he's improved every day, which is a good thing. Uh, but he did say a few other things that were a little curious. So let's start first with start first with uh, how much is he expected to do today? How are they going to kind of work him uh, today, getting ready for this game? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna do some work. I mean, individual. He's gonna be he's gonna just kind of bounce around. It sounds like and 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 you know throw some into their fundam- fundamental period. Combo period. I don't really know what all those names are. I mean, I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of team. I think Cooper Rush is going to be doing some of that. Um, he, you know, it's Wednesday. He'll get he'll he'll kind of ramp himself up to that, and that's what I feel like it'll happen. I mean, it'll it'll probably be a game time decision. That's what it sounds, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's exactly where we thought it would be. To be honest with you, he's going to start practice. They. They do 40 minutes of practice before they even do anything resembling team period. So there's a lot of it. I mean, quarterbacks have their own thing. Quarterback school where they work on drops and rollouts and all that and then center exchange before they ever even join the rest of the team. So, I mean, that's almost an hour of practice that that he'll take part in, individual drills, pat and go. All that type of stuff, and then uh, and and then McCarthy said they'll evaluate how he feels when that's over, and that'll probably determine how much of team he does, if any. Uh, it's the first practice of the week; they'll do it again tomorrow. And I, I, I'm game time. I feel like by Sunday morning, you have an idea of what you're gonna do with him. And McCarthy, McCarthy said, uh, you know, he's he's preparing as if he'll be able to play. They haven't made that decision yet, but I just feel like. By by the time everybody wakes up on Sunday morning, they'll know. Here's that's the point: not, that's not what a game time decision is, though. I mean, you're right. I mean, I think they know now. I mean, I, I mean, I think you're, you're you're right. You'll wake up Sunday morning, but I mean, I think it'll be. I, I think we'll kind of know everything what's going on until like an hour and a half before kickoff. I feel like know? the comparison he made was supposed to give you some kind of peace and like think, oh, things are good. But then to me. Not really, it didn't. Not that I'm, yeah. I'm like super concerned, but you talk about Aaron Rodgers and then talk about playoffs and being that far down. At that point, you only have a few games into to play. Like you give it all, but we're still kind of midway through the season. And I know they're 
they're going to make the right decision, you know, whether that's they think they he can go ahead and play or maybe sit one out to give it some rest, but it's so difficult. He said three words that he just threw in the end of a sentence. Go for it. Where are you going? It's week seven. Okay, yeah, and and there were some other words, well, though. Well, he just said it's week seven. It's and actually week eight, so. Yeah. 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 But, but there were also some other words in there that, to me, gave me reason to have pause. Like, one thing he said was he said, until he clears the threshold, and he said that multiple times, uh-huh. we're not ready. And then he talked about how we don't want this to turn into a week-to-week type thing. That was another thing he said. Mm-hmm. And then this is the part that he said this multiple times as well. He said, until he's full go with no limitations. I'm like, whoa, whoa, back up. I thought, I always assumed... If he's, what you said yesterday, Dave, 80%, if he's 85%, then he's still better than whatever else you're going to throw out there, and you're going to give it a go. This is the first time I've heard them talk about it from the standpoint of, no, we really want to get him to the point where he's full go with no limitations. And again, he said that multiple times. That gave me reason for pause. You guys got the same reaction to that? No. No, not really. Could be gamesmanship. I, I mean, I, obviously, there's I, a lot of things that could be a part of it. I don't 100% believe anything that he says. And that's not specific to Mike McCarthy. It, it's the gamesmanship of the league. It's not wanting to give too much away. We'll get into Lyell and how less than There'll happy. a lot to talk about there. He yeah. seemed less than happy about the amount of detail that people were getting into there. So, no. I mean, and... Uh, not that, not that, like, I mean, I know they want him to be fully healthy with no limitations, but again, like, every player, in the, nobody is 100% with no limitations whatsoever. Absolutely. So it, it doesn't register with me, especially, again, like, I feel like we, we do this all the time. Like, on when, I don't, I don't care what anybody says or does on Wednesday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday where I, where my radar starts to go up. It sucks that we always have to analyze word by word and, like, try to figure things out, even though, you know, that's how you have to be as a coach. I mean, if I was a coach, I would be the same exact way, if worse. But uh, it just sucks that we're always trying to read into like between the lines and everything. But it was curious, like as how many times he said certain things. And honestly, that that is the NFL. Like they they spend the whole week with all these storylines, and and as Dak said, giving the media and fans something to talk about. You keep the soap opera going, and then you get to Sunday and you get to see how it plays out. So, yeah, the part of this is 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 us obviously talking about it and, and making something of it. But I do think it was interesting. Those were the words he chose, and he chose to say them multiple times. And so I think it is something that's, that's relevant to this conversation. All right, let's move on. Um, Let's go to Lyle Collins. Uh, there were the, Nick. You sent last night. You sent us the unofficial depth chart, just as a kind of like, oh wow, this is interesting. Mm. Uh, and it showed Lyle Collins not only as the start as not the starter at right tackle. It showed him as the backup there, but it also showed him as the backup at left guard. Uh, so let's start first with what's the most likely reason that you think they put this on the unofficial depth chart because obviously somebody made the decision to to put this out there. It's kind of funny because he kind of, Coach McCarthy, looked over at Rich and, and kind of was like, you know, gave him a, a look that <laughs> that didn't inspire a lot of confidence. But, that was my point from a minute ago. Yeah, so I don't know if he was trying to scapegoat him or if he was just messing with him. Who knows? Uh, but Probably it, letting him know that that's what the depth chart looked like. Wow. No, I mean that's probably because he didn't do the depth chart. Oh, okay. I mean, he's yeah. probably letting him know that that's that's that, what the depth chart. Your guys maybe put this out. Is that what you? Well, saying? I'm just saying. No, I mean, yeah, they put it out. That that's what. Then they and and it's right. I mean, that they did it. That's right. what they're doing. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't. I don't think it goes to that level. I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong. Rich, 
Rich doesn't make the depth chart. Right. right. That's right. Nick and so he's right just kind of messing with him a little yeah. bit. But it was fun. It was fun for all of us anyway. Uh, but but go ahead, Nick. They're moving him to left guard. I mean, that's what that's what it looks like. I mean, they don't like what's what's happening with T- Connor Williams with those holding penalties, and it sounds like Terrence Steele's playing so well that they need to figure out and move him to left guard. It's it's what fans it's 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 what the fans have been saying forever, and usually that doesn't happen, but that's what it sounds like is happening. I thought that was fantasy football nonsense. That's what I got told. <laughs> yeah, that's what I You're was never going to let that go. Are Ever, you? <laughs> you never let. Ever, that go. I just I I I I'm surprised. And yeah, I got to give a lot of fans a lot of credit for suggesting this. I didn't think it would happen, and it does. It may. I mean, it it makes me ask so many questions because. I I think Lyle Collins is a purely better player than Terrence Steele right now. Um, but I also, like, is Connor Williams that big of a problem? Is this um, indicative of, of some sort of consternation about Lyle that they're like, I mean, which on one hand, I kind of appreciate that they're like, at the very least, you got to earn right tackle back. We're not just going to hand it to you. And maybe that is quote unquote punishment, or maybe that's just. Um, more about how good Terrence Steele has been. On top of that, if you're going to take a guy that makes $50 million out of the starting lineup, it makes me ask questions about the future. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so let me ask you this, and that was where I was going to go. I, I, I want to know from you guys, each of you guys, which you think is the most likely reason, because we don't know that there's going to be a move yet, the most likely reason that it is official, it's on the unofficial depth chart in the way that it is, both at tackle and at guard. One, that still is considered to be a better ap- option at this time. That can be about continuity. That can be about how Steele is playing. Uh, two, that the Cowboys are sending a message to Lyle that maybe they weren't happy with all of this stuff that's transpired uh, that led to the five-week suspension and how maybe he handled that situation. Three, they just temporary. This is just temporary. Temporary. While they gauge his readiness, they've talked about that and seeing where he is right now and is in coming back. Um, or four. That you think this is much more about getting the best five guys on the field, and they're thinking, let's prepare him to maybe become the next guard, uh, the starting left guard, uh, and keep your best five on the field with still a tackle. Which do you think is is behind this more? You want to five? Okay, give me five. I think it's all of the above. I think every one of those situations you always take the cop out. I think uh, no but one I, has to be more than the other, right? I don't know the percentages on all that, but I think you're right about every single one of those. Okay. Every every one of those seems seems to be not one. Which one? About sending a message. Yeah. I don't think that one. You don't think apply. they? No, because oh, I, I mean, I you send a message in well, the locker just, room and meetings. Said that. Of, yeah, you don't think the, so? No, because on the field, you forget the message. Talk outside the field, but game day, if you know, if he's really your best guy or whatever. Regardless of what he did outside the field, but you don't you, think you don't think coaches sometimes make make things clear to their teams by what they do, and what I mean by that is they're telling not only Lyle but everybody else on yeah. the team: if you're not going to be reliable, if you're not going to do the things that you need to do as a member of this team and as a member of the NFL, player in the NFL, then your job is not secure. Yes, but it depends how how much it hurts you on game day. Like if if but you're has, if has you're it, has solid, it hurt them solid, solid, has it hurt? Them? It's also not game day. I mean. No. This is okay. But <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. The point is, if you're fully solid yeah. at the O line, at every single position, then whatever, you know. Uh, but but you're not. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's about sending a message. You can portray that 
off the field and whatever. At this point, I think it's, you know, he needs to get ready. I don't think he's fully ready to go out there, although I do think he's a great player and he can do the job. He's shown it in the past. But at the same time, Terrence still has done a phenomenal job. And then you got Connor William, who unfortunately is one of the weak links. Eh, I mean... There are other areas, too, like the center, and we've talked about that. But Connor, he's a veteran guy. He should not be making the mistakes he's been making. And that, this is his contract year, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he he should be stepping it up. But I don't know. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love what's happening right now. And I love you the fact— like drama. <laughs> a little bit. But, but the point is, I just love the fact that this coaching staff is willing to make things decisions like that and put things out there like that, completely opposite to what we've been used to in the past with like Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, so I have a few thoughts there. I absolutely think it's at least, it's not purely about sending a message, but it's part of it. And it goes back to McCarthy adamantly tried to keep from moving Zach or talking about Zach to tackle. There's a variety of reasons for that, but Zach is arguably the most reliable member of this entire offense, right? You And, and you reward that. Lyle Collins not only hasn't been available, but let's just be honest, he has embarrassed the organization a little bit this last month or so. Just the comments that come out there from the testimony, I'm sure Dak Prescott didn't appreciate some of that being brought to light. Um, so I do think there's a little bit of that to this of like, we're not just going to plug you back in. If Terrence Steele was playing terribly, they might. Right. But they're like, we... I hate to say we don't need you, but it's like like yeah. you lost your job, and it's your own fault that you lost your job, and we're not just going to hand it back to you. I think if Lyle had the dependability of Zach Martin, maybe we're not having this conversation. I don't, I don't know that, but it seems plausible to me. Yeah, probably wouldn't have been suspended if he did. Yeah, well, that's but, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it it all it's a domino effect. Terrence Steele is playing better. And uh, he's playing. I mean, he's playing really well. I don't. Know, I'm not saying better. I, well, than I heard Lyle. your point this morning on the radio, and I thought it was a good point that a lot of people want to say he's playing yeah. well on a curve. He actually is playing well. He's it, playing. You well, yeah, put him on a curve. He's playing well. Yeah. yeah it's, expectations. I mean, that that was the Chargers game. After that, he's just continuing to do it, and and then now it didn't help Connor Williams's timing that he played the way he did in, in New England and just had those penalties. And then the fact that Lyle's done it in the past and he's played there and it's about getting five best linemen. And- I will. I, I think I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Connor did not have a good game in New England, but it feels knee jerk to me. I think he's been pretty good this season. I think he had a horrible game against the Patriots. I don't like. I don't think he's been this problem with the offensive line throughout the entire first six weeks of the season, and that is, that's what makes me one. Is like, is it purely about quote unquote best five? Like, is a is a guy that hasn't played guard since September of 2016 better than a guy who's only missed three games at that position in the last three years? Is that true? Well, I don't know. I'll tell if you this: can, if he can push people back. Yeah, if that if this adds them some beef in the running game, then yeah, I think so. And you know what? Who's to say that it's only two moves? I mean, what what if they're not not done shuffling? What if they're going to try this Connor Williams at center again? Uh, honestly, as I was listening didn't to that like press conference that this morning, I didn't the, either. The more, the more I started to think, like I think they do believe some of the things that we have been talking about. Where you look at the center in the in the left guard position. And I think they think they're a bit vulnerable there. And they feel like 
hey, with these extra pieces, mm-hmm. we're getting Lyle back. Connor as as Connor McGovern has played well in the role that they've had for him. So if we keep developing him, maybe we might be a little bit better off as we get later in the season. I just think right now, I'm interested to see where they go. I don't think Connor Williams has been horrible. I do think Connor Williams has had some moments that weren't great. And I think in the running game, you see it more than maybe even in the passing game. Uh, but that all being said, I think that if you can get Lyle in there, it, this is more about Connor Williams than it is Lyle. Because I don't think when Lyle was at guard, any of us were like, man, this is his spot. So, you know, it's really just about them, I think, trying to find the best five. You think uh, Lyle's the starting right, right tackle next season? Well, that's... I don't know. We, it's, it's not something that needs to be answered right now. I do think I think Lyle Collins is a professional, and if we're so far ahead of ourselves, we like are. he has, I mean, he's <laughs> technically not a starter at either position. But, but if well, they need him to play guard, he'll do it. But that you gotta recognize that that's not where he wants to be. Yeah, well, hold on. I, I don't necessarily think it's we're way ahead of ourselves. I, I think it's a question of. You know, did when he got suspended, did that change his contract to the point where maybe he's not going right. to be here next year? If Terrence Steele, if they say this guy, keep playing him just like we did last year, keep playing him, keep playing him, he's going to get better and better. He's our guy. Well, if he's the guy, then you keep playing him. It's kind of like when a rookie, you draft a rookie, but you have this veteran that you don't really love, but that's why you drafted the rookie quarterback. But like, you got to play him. When, when does the future start? And that's so that's why I wonder. Like, no, are we at this point where we're going to play him? I don't mean to say that. You're ahead of yourself because that's not a conversation worth having. It's just they haven't. None of these decisions have actually been made. I mean, like theoretically, Lyle could be back at tackle within the next week or two. Yeah, just just to, just to play devil's advocate. But you're absolutely right. But it's guess. Like, oh, sorry. Sorry. The, go ahead. This team needs cap space. Lyle Collins makes fifty million dollars. Yep. If you feel that great about Terrence Steele, yeah. These are decisions you got to consider. You got to, you know, Michael Gallup needs a contract. Dalton Schultz needs a contract. Randy Gregory needs a contract. A million other things that aren't coming to my mind right now. And if if you feel that strongly, well, based on everything we just said, I think we're okay there. Um, no, but you know, <laughs> I think Light, Leighton Van Der Esch needs a contract. Yeah, too. but I think you go back to what Duke M- Mannyweather said when he was on our show. He uh, compared Terrence Steele to Jeremy Parnell, who went on to have a pretty good career as a tackle with the Jaguars. I think it was. Yeah, I need somebody better than that no, to replace Lyle Collins. No, my point. My I, point I, though is, my point though is, I think he developed into what was a very, very decent. I, I would say more than decent, probably a solid to a little bit above average yeah. tackle in the NFL, right? My point is, what we know about the NFL is younger and cheaper is better. And so if you can get a cheaper contract for a guy that you think is comparable, maybe a little less, but comparable and still young, I think the Cowboys might consider that. And that's the part that gets interesting in this whole scenario. If Terrence Steele is your right tackle moving forward for the rest of this season, it's hard for me to imagine Lyle Collins is back next year, right. whether that's yeah. – I mean, you find a way to move on or you find a trade partner or whatever. But I, that is a – I think that's kind of a line in the sand. And I, I'm not like – I don't want to put words on Lyle that he's like, I'm, I'm out of here if you yeah. won't play me. I just think – He if, probably sees himself as a tackle. And and you have a chance to have a starting right tackle who's making a fraction of that. It just makes sense. Well, yeah. I think when you throw Dak's situation into the mix, it's like we're at – if, if he plays and he's healthy or whatever, you're still going to be watching out for him regardless. You know, and, and maybe he plays, but he's not his usual self or as mobile or as secure and everything. So I just think that it's an interesting week to be making any 
kind of shuffles in the O line. So I think that it will, regardless of messages or whatever, they're going to try their best to keep the best five on the field and put pride aside, whoever's vet, whoever has been playing, keep whoever's playing the best. And if that means plugging Lyle Collins into guard and despite, because we they know better than we do, you know, they get to see him at practice. So if it's showing them something more than what Connor has been providing all season long, I think that like let's see it because Dak needs all the help he can get that's a good point I I think who's my best five pass protectors yeah because he's gonna need a clean pocket and when he goes back there to throw we don't need to be moving around and and shuffling all that I need I need my best guys and maybe I need my strongest guys yeah I I, you know I don't that this could be a situation because of that because you know Dak is he is going to be limited or he's going to be compromised in some way. I can promise you that. Or back to your point you made, I think, the other day that, you know, this is a team that, I mean, you were talking about, I'm going to start today, when you're talking about how you may get a little bit more in your running game with Lyle and they're a little more beef. Maybe they look at this as just the opposite. They say with Dak compromised a bit, we may want to run a little bit more. We want a little more power yeah. to be able to run a little more, and maybe Lyle gives you that. And I know we are talking about a ton of different scenarios, and none of them may actually be the truth. It could just be seriously. We accidentally put that on the on the unofficial depth chart. It's not that. <laughs> no, no, no. no, 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 no. That's not an accident. No. Well, because well, you was, know what I mean. Because like, you got to remember, he wasn't on the depth I, chart I get for five it. weeks. I should, his name is there. Say, I shouldn't Someone say accidentally. I shouldn't say accidentally. I should say we didn't mean it to be that big of a deal. We just kind of put it out there because that's where we were working before, him. But it might not change anything for this week. Who knows? Before any of the stuff about the depth chart got talked about, McCarthy offered offered up. He was like, he's got position flex. He's going to do a little bit of both, which he does have position flex. But again, it's a position he hasn't played in five years. Yeah. So to just all of a sudden be talking about that. I think it's a conscious decision on their part. They, I just, sorry, go ahead. The, uh, well, they have it on their on the, in the media packet that gets sent out with all the stats and stuff. They have the official stats, official stats. Yeah. They also have the unofficial depth chart, and they make it clear that it's called the unofficial yeah. depth chart. So, but, what we don't know, I just sorry, but I just there's two. I think there's two possibilities we don't know and we can't know probably until Sunday, but. They're aggravated with Lyell, and they're like, we're not going to just hand you your job back. Or this is a season-long storyline that we're going to have to be following. So that's Which interesting. I kind of like the second one. gives us more to talk about. Last year, we couldn't find a tackle to play. Right. I mean, can anyone <laughs> come and play? Now you got, well, you got three tackles. got to move him to guard, whatever. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got Bucky Brooks joining us. We'll talk about the Minnesota offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll have when we come back. back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. On Saturday, <laughs> November 6th, to experience Rally Day, it presented by SeatGeek, you need to head to AT&T Stadium. You take the tour of the stadium, you play some games, get autographs of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Visit attstadium.com. Com slash rally days for tickets and more information. Welcome back. Second segment of the Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We're going to talk a little Minnesota offense versus Dallas defense. Before we do that, though, Bucky, I want to get your opinions. We've been talking a lot about Lyle Collins and uh, him kind of now playing a little bit of guard, a little bit of tackle. Tell us what you thought of him coming out of college as a prospect with regards to him playing guard versus tackle. Yeah, I thought he was best suited to play guard at the next level. Uh, He was a big physical player. He's more of a mauler brawler when you watch them on tape. And sometimes when you have those mauler types, they're better when they can play inside the neighborhood, meaning when you put them at guard, they can use the body help from the center and the tackle to limit the exposure that they have to one-on-one matchups. Now, you like the fact that he had versatility, that he had played in space, but when you looked at his body type and the way that the strengths of his games were, you thought that he was probably best suited to be a guard. Uh, let's look at the Vikings offense. Um, you know, obviously what Trayvon Diggs has done has been outstanding. He's, is he, is this an offense where you take uh, Justin Jefferson and you say you go get him, but feeling so good on the other side, should you think they should play like just stay to their sides and, and don't try to follow guys around? Yeah, this is a tough one because I think you need to mix and match it. I think you can travel at times, but I don't know if you want to do it 100% of the time because the guy that you leave uh, on the backside, whether it's Jefferson or Thielen, outstanding route runner. And they have the ability to twist DBs up in knots with their clever craftsmanship on the perimeter. So I think you have to kind of play it straight initially, but then in critical situations, you got to make sure that you take away the hot receiver You just don't know on a week-by-week basis, is that going to be Jefferson? Is that going to be Thielen? I think you have to have that travel plan in your your play call sheet, but I think you play it straight initially until you see how the game unfolds. I don't want to – well, I mean, I don't know if he's a turnover machine, but Kirk Cousins is – relatively dependable to to turn the ball over to you over the course of his career, but that is not the case this year – um, is that simply by virtue of having so many good players to get the ball to, or is he playing cleaner football right now? Uh, he's playing really well. He's playing really well. Now, the system 
is one that allows you to play really well. If you're an average to above average quarterback, you can look like an all-star in this system. Everything is really done for you. The running game starts it. And then what they do is clever misdirection play action passes off of their favorite running plays. And so if you're unable to stop the run, you now expose your corners to one-on-one. And I've already talked about how both of these guys on the outside are outstanding route runners. And so the game is really easy for Kirk Cousins right now because they have playmakers that can make his job easy because all he has to do is hit the, hit the open man. Well, going along with that, Bucky, one of the main criticisms that the Cowboys defense has been getting this year is allowing those explosive plays. So just my my question is pretty broad. Just overall as an offense, what do the Vikings, uh, what can they really give as far as like expos- explosiveness or however you say that word? <laughs> Uh, no, that uh, Amber, they can they can create explosive plays in a variety of different ways. It begins and ends with number thirty three, though. Like Dalvin Cook is the straw that stirs the drink. If he gets going as a runner, it's problematic for you throughout the day. He's averaging ninety one rushing yards a game. He is fantastic finding the backside seam on that front side run stretch play that they they use. And so, if you can't contain him then the big plays are going to happen in the running game. If you contain him by dropping extra defenders in the box, then your guys on the outside have to hold up against Jefferson and Thielen. And what they're going to do based on what other teams have done against the Cowboys, you're going to see double moves on the outside, particularly on Trayvon Diggs' side. They're going to try and bait the trap and see if he eats the cheese and see if they can get a play or two over the top. They will also do some clever things to see if they can get the safeties being a little nosy, maybe too noisy in the box. And you'll see some deep overs with a running back. I mean, they'll line up in a tight, nasty split and run a diagonal across the field with a post coming behind it. Very similar to the way the Seattle Seahawks hurt the Cowboys a year ago up there. So you'll see a lot of those things. And they're going to do it five to seven times to see if they can catch your guy sleeping. And if you do, you're talking about a 25, 50-yard play that eventually leads to points for the Vikings. Let's stick with the uh, the running game a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Dallas's defense uh, struggled a bit against New England's power run attack. Uh, what was the main problem that you saw in that game with regards to Dallas Dallas's rush defense? And is Minnesota capable of presenting some of those same types of problems? Uh, one, Minnesota is absolutely capable of creating those problems. It's very similar to the game that the Cowboys played a year ago against the Cleveland Browns. Same running game, same system, same concepts. They're going to test you and test your discipline. Uh, The same issues typically occur when the Cowboys are struggling against the run. Lack of gap integrity and the inability to get off blocks at the line of scrimmage. So the D-line has to force the the Minnesota Vikings to kind of play on their heels, meaning they are playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. The penetration is consistent, and they're building a wall at the point of attack. If there's any voids at the point of attack, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, they're going to find those creases. They're going to cut back. So this is a test of not only your physical prowess at the point of attack, but are you disciplined enough to stay in your assigned gap? Because if you jump outside of your gap trying to make a play, their running backs will inevitably find the crease and it end up being a big play. Bucky, is Leighton Van Der Esch a better player now than he was his rookie year? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. He's playing really well. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if Dan Quinn has kind of whispered sweet nothings in his ear and got him going. 
but he's definitely playing at a Pro Bowl level. When you watch him play, his athleticism still stands out. His instincts and awareness allows him to play fast. And so, yeah, this is some of the best football that we've seen from LVE. And then what happens typically um, when you have a guy like Michael Parsons and Randy Gregory and Trayvon Diggs, guys who I kind of view as energizers, it kind of raises the level of everybody on that defense because ultimately all these guys are very competitive. And when you're watching the tape and you see Michael Parsons make a play, you see Randy Gregory make a play, you see Diggs make a play, everybody wants to get in on the action. I think it's LVE playing well, but also the competitiveness of, hey, man, I got some dudes around me. I need to step up my game so I also can get out on the fun. So, you know, I love a good draft question, Buck. Uh, Christian Derisaw made his first start at left tackle, the rookie. Um, that is an intriguing matchup because I would imagine he'll be seeing Randy Gregory a lot. How did he look against Carolina? How does he, uh, how does he project? I mean, look, he was a good player. He was a good player coming out of Virginia Tech. Um, he has size. He's, he's athletic. He has uh, physical things that can give you problems. I will say this, though. He's going to be tested by Randy Gregory's <laughs> motor and his athleticism. If you're not um, packing a lunch to deal with Randy Gregory, it's going to be a long day for you because he is going to test you not only with his ability to get on the outside on speed rushes but slipping inside, but just the nonstop activity. And so for a rookie, this is going to be a big test because normally in college you don't get hit with fastballs down after down after down. 94 is going to test him, so it'll be a big battle. You've covered a lot of ground already, but with both teams coming off a bye week, I mean, which of the two should benefit the most? You know, the Cowboys have been on a roll, and then you got the Vikings that kind of have been right there on the line with winning games, not winning games. So which one really benefits the most this week? Well, the Cowboys benefit the most because of the offense, because Dak Prescott should be able to play. If it was without a bye, he probably wouldn't have been able to play or he'd have been compromised. So the Cowboys get the biggest benefit. In terms of the bye week and how both teams use it, typically what you want to do is clean up the issues that have presented themselves the first part of the season. So for the Cowboys, it's about making sure, hey, how can we curb the big plays that we're allowing? Trayvon Diggs, how can we make sure that despite your success picking off passes, we're still a little tighter with the coverage. We don't let the ball fly over our head. In the run game, the New England Patriots began to gash us up front. Can we tighten that up? Because it's a copycat league. Other teams are going to see what the Patriots did in the run game, and they're going to emulate that and see if the Cowboys have fixed those issues. The Cowboys should benefit because of Dak coming back, but look, it's a level playing field because the Vikings had time off as well. One more real quick question before we end, Bucky. Uh, Minnesota's offense was the only offense. So, I mean, Minnesota's offense was only slowed once this season. That was against Cleveland in week four. Uh, they only uh, were allowed seven points. I uh, had a 52% completion uh, percentage, only 190 yards passing, 65 yards rushing. So it was not a great day for them. What did Cleveland do that other teams have not been able to do this season against this, uh, this high-powered Minnesota offense? Well, at the time, Cleveland's defense was loaded with firepower at the front line. And so everything started with Miles Garrett, but you had Tack McKinley, uh, you had Jadavion Clowney, and all those guys like Hunt, just relentless pressure. And then Joe Woods was dialing up the pressure, kind of figuring out different ways to be able to make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. Because I would say this about Kirk Cousins. If he can play on the script, he's outstanding. But if you can disrupt the timing and make it muddy for him by – 
either getting penetration or disrupting some of the timing of the routes on the outside, you certainly can make him uncomfortable. He doesn't have the ability to improvise and kind of make it right when the initial play breaks down. So constant and persistent pressure is how the Cleveland Browns were able to do it. For the Cowboys, they have to figure out a way to do it. Is that Randy Gregory? Is that Michael Parsons? Is that someone else who can create that steady disruption with and without having to bring an additional rusher? All right, appreciate you joining us, Bucky. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about the Minnesota, this time about the Minnesota defense versus the Cowboys offense. Let's take our final break. we got a few questions for these guys before we'll end the show. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Cowboy fans, join the NFL in supporting our nation's service members by wearing the latest Dallas Cowboys salute to service gear. Visit your Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or ProShop.DallasCowboys.com, a fanatics experience, to find a full assortment of salute to service gear. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. It will be a very, very short one because we got approximately 13 seconds left in this segment. But real quick, I did want to get one question in uh, before we end the show. Um he did. We did ask uh, Bucky a little bit about uh, Diggs, and I think Nick, you were the one to ask him that question. I'd love to get you guys' opinion on how you think you best deploy a guy like Trayvon Diggs this week when you have a team uh, that you're facing where you got two really, really good wide receivers. Do you take one away, or try to take one away with Trayvon Diggs, and maybe double the other, or do you, as Bucky said, kind of mix it up and maybe play it straight for a while, and then see if there are moments later in the game. Uh, where you choose to do that based upon how you think Minnesota's trying to attack you. With all due respect to Adam Thielen, and maybe I'm a little emotionally compromised. I was about to say, I know where this is going. Justin Jefferson's special, man. I mean, he is picking up right where he... Thielen is too, though. Justin Jefferson is 
playing as well or better than anyone in the league right now. Okay. I mean, like other than your other boy. He, well, I didn't say that. You said that. I'm just saying but, he is playing. Yeah, absolutely. But I just Jamar Chase. We're talking about. I think he is a. I think I it was Dwayne Bow. He's absolutely <laughs> dynamic. He can play inside. He can play outside. Dwayne when he went to the bye, he was the only receiver in the league who'd had at least 65 yards every week of the season. Um, I just when you're talking about who can, it's a classic case of if that's what you're going to do, I want Trayvon on Jefferson and let everybody else handle Thielen as can best they can. Can he handle Jefferson? I don't know. I don't. I, uh, find out. I really am. I put digs on Thielen all day long. Digs on Thielen, lock him down. Double this side over here. That's what I would do. I'd roll coverage to help Anthony Brown on Jefferson, and just say you got to stop Thielen. Diggs, stop him. He's a good route runner. He is great route runner. Route, good route runner. That's what I would do. And Troy Aikman the other day said that was their biggest fear when they were playing Deion Sanders. Every time they hated when they did that. When Dion would take Harper, take Harper out of the game, and they would double Michael. They they that was their biggest. Fear. Where do you go? Yeah. So I'm saying that Troy said that, and he had a pretty good running back too. Yeah. So, but I, I don't I don't know. I, I still think Thielen can beat Diggs. You know, I mean, yeah, and maybe maybe beat him, but maybe not beat him to the point where he's beating other teams. Yeah. And maybe it's not enough is the point. Like, how do you limit them enough you, to where you still win? You the gotta game? confuse cousins. You can't just give them the same thing every time. Well, you gotta switch it up. We, I feel like we oversimplify it sometimes on this show. We like, do. It's, yeah. It ain't it ain't gonna be one thing all the time for sixty five snaps. They're gonna disguise stuff. They're gonna change it up. I doubt. I don't know that Diggs has Diggs just followed one guy every snap of the game, like at all this year. I mean, like every single snap he's on that guy. I don't have that number in front yeah, of me. I don't know that. I know that he travels. I don't think he does it like exclusively. Just like you go wherever he yeah. go. I mean, you're gonna do a little bit of everything. I just I feel like Keenan Allen that game. I feel like he did that one, but maybe not. Yeah, some others he, though, did, he did. He went with him a lot, and he went with Mike Evans a lot. I just don't know about yeah. like a hundred percent of the snaps either. And, so go ahead. I was going to say that, that you look at the Bucks game. That was a game where you, fa- you faced a similar kind of team from the standpoint. They had multiple receiving weapons, uh, and they decided they were going to travel. And the guys you just compared the quarterbacks. Uh, no, I'm not comparing the quarterbacks uh, at all. I'm just saying like that was a similar type of yeah. setup to, where you had that number of, of really great wide receivers. To options. Nick's point, uh, the guy that Diggs wasn't with killed him in that game. Absolutely. So I don't know. I just. What, maybe you're right. What a, Focus on Justin Jefferson. That's really all I'm trying to say. That's the guy who's going to yeah. kill you here, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he makes Thielen so much better, too, because he is a really, really good route runner. And so you can't just put some other corner on him because he'll, he'll burn him as well. And then they got a running game to match. So uh, it's going to be... It's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, this is this is not, and I know I've I've seen this from fans already where they're talking about this game. And they're like, man, here we go again. Every week they're like, oh, this is gonna be a tough one. This is the week where you're gonna face it. But I'm like, this, that's, this team though, that that's the NFL. No, well, but this no, team that's is really B, good. That is BS. If anybody feels that way, because we've been on here damn near just mm-hmm. we've been writing W on the schedule on Monday for the last month and big blowouts too. Well, obviously, yes, those two division games we absolutely did. But obviously, when we talked about the the Chargers game, we talked about it like this is going to be a really good and team, and was. they were. And That's what I'm saying. They really were. Shoot, and I picked them to beat the Patriots by 18. How'd that work out? <laughs> I, just, I mean, if you were any, nervous there for a second. Any, if anybody's, I mean, you should be taking this game seriously. And if you think that we haven't been, 
Well, if you think we have, like, we haven't been pumping anybody up. For the last month, we've been like, they're going to roll over these guys. I would be shocked if that happens on Sunday. No, even with two healthy calves, I think this would be a tough game. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Minnesota defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!